friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your pacifiers. Hello. I don't know if, so I don't know how many of you follow me on social media, but I have some big news and it's very appropriate for this week's guest. I'm like emotional and grateful. So Saturday, our son Atlas Robert Nielsen was born. He's seven pounds. I hadn't been talking about it a ton on social media because we were trying to keep it uh, on the down low. Uh, my wife is upstairs with my mother-in-law and she's like, okay, Andrew, Lars, you, you have you have a half hour. You can go downstairs and do what you need to do. Um, and I was like, supposed to post this podcast a few days ago. It was 4 a.m. Saturday. Ashley like, wakes me up like, okay, I'm having contractions. And you know, there's this thing called Braxton Hicks contractions, which are false starts. I've learning, been learning so much about baby stuff, and I may have said that word wrong. Anyway, we walk around the neighborhood. Um, we're staying with family in like a, a suburban area. We're walking around. The sun's coming up because they say walk it off because if you go to the hospital, they send you back. And right now, if you're not ready, and right now during the COVID-19 the hospital's not the place you want to be hanging out. Anyway, uh, we then the, the contractions get stronger and stronger. So we we'd packed all our bags because we knew this was going to happen, and um, we'd had a plan where if the baby hadn't come in the next week, we were going to induce. Ashley was going to be induced. So we go in there. Uh, her water breaks. I have to be screened. Right? It's crazy. She had to get a COVID nineteen test. I'm in the in the waiting room with all of our bags. They show me where to put everything. I come into the room and uh, the contractions are starting. Then we go into the other room and our nurse, um, shout out to Maureen. She was awesome. She was with us the whole time as she was in labor, going into different positions. I was helping hold, hold up like her leg at a certain point. Like then the doctor comes in and shout out to Dr. Patel. And um, you know, Eventually, I think the total labor time from when the contraction started to when he was born were about this is about fourteen hours. But she was really pushing for like four or five, and uh, then I got to cut the umbilical cord and they did the test on him, and I got to hold him and I took off my shirt and put it so he could hear my heartbeat. And I sang to him, and as they um, finished working with Ashley, I told him I loved him and that I'll always be there for him. And, you know, it's emotional. It's so emotional. Then we were in the hospital for a few days and Ashley's been nursing and she's been so great. And we're just so lucky because when he came out and he was crying, we looked at each other like, wow, we did it. And um, yeah. So anyway, this episode just strangely is about, is with my wife, Ashley. And we did this podcast while on the coronavirus lockdown, um, talking about a message for him and what we wanted to teach him. And we kind of introduced in the podcast that we're having a baby because I was going to post this and then make the announcement, but I already went to social media. I want to thank everyone for their comments and their tweets and emails. And geez, you guys are so nice. Like this kid one day, I want to take him on tour and I don't know who knows what he's going to do, but he's a beautiful little weird, awesome kid. And I, I, I love him to death. And anyway, so Let's get into it. This week's amazingly special uh, Patreon episode. Pat I can't even think. Today's special podcast brought to you by the following Patreon large. And shout out to the new ones, Joseph, Darnuk, and Belmura, who upped their pledge. And shout out to the old ones, the OGs, uh, Anthony, Justin, and Christopher. So we have a call every week. Um, I give out the number for a Patreon large to call in and tell a memory about a show or like a time they they first heard me or whatever. So this is a this is a special message today on today's special podcast from Courtney in Kansas, and uh, she tells a story about discovering me. Also, I posted a, a Google Voice number for if you want to call in and leave our son a message and say hi to him, um, and just give him a message that will play him when he's older. I posted on my personal Facebook, um, so. Check that out. But if you are on Patreon and you already have the number, it's the same number as the Patreon number. So call in and um, I might play your message on the show if I can. But anyway, this is Courtney in Kansas. Take it away, Courtney. Hey, Lars. This is Courtney um, from over in Kansas. And I just wanted to call. I remember over 10 years ago, um, I wrote my senior thesis in high school on your song, Generic Crunk Rap, um, just because I wanted to talk about how I thought society um, was kind of taking a downward spiral. Um, you know, I was angsty at that time, and I thought that song kind of really helped uh, portray, you know, why people were kind of into vapid, superficial things. 
and I absolutely loved that. I remember I sent you the essay, and you said you had read it, and you thought it was awesome, and when I met you at a show later on, um, you had actually remembered it, and I just thought that was so super cool. You continue to inspire me, your comics, even though you stopped them, um, your music, everything. I still introduce your music to everyone I know. Um, and like I said, that was easily about 12 years ago, that concert. So thank you. I'm so glad that you still keep making music and still keep in touch with your fans. It really means a lot to us. Bye. Courtney, that is so cool that you wrote an essay on generic crunk rap. That honestly feels like so long ago, but, uh, I appreciate you calling. I appreciate your support and I appreciate you coming out to see me and for leaving the message. Thank you. You're awesome. I sent you a free shirt and some other flavor. So, oh, and guess what? Uh, I did. I'm bringing 27th street back. I rebooted it. Um, I saw that, what was it? The Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which I was actually su- thought was surprisingly funny. MC Chris had some songs in it and it, and so I was like, I'm going to reboot 27th street. And so, but I'm going to do it less. I'm going to do more content, but after I figure out our freaking sleep schedule, that stuff will come. But, uh, I'm just lucky I had a minute to do this podcast. So here we go. This is the, an interview with the mother of my son, Ashley, AKA Ash Tellum from Handjob Academy. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, everyone. I'm here with my favorite person, someone I've known five years, and a really talented, special person. Hi, Ashley. Hello, thanks for having me. I've wanted to interview you on the podcast since I started, and um, we are in quarantine right now. How's it been? Oh, you know, it's been good. It's been fun. I found out a lot of interesting things about myself and about you, like that you're really good at Yahtzee and stuff like that. (laughs) What's it been like spending all this time with your mom and stepdad? Like, how's it been? Oh, I've been spoiled. Cooking for us. Yeah, they make me dinner every night. I'm not used to that. That's nice. And you're a teacher and you've been teaching remotely. Yeah. So we've been adjusting to that. Yeah. As a school and as a community. But it's good. That's what's up. Can't complain. I'm not complaining about not riding the subway. Like we were talking about, I go jogging and talking about safe places to run versus like places that might not be safe. And we're talk- thinking about how lucky we are that we are able to kind of try to survive a normal existence and so many of our friends or other people are stuck in cities and can't get out. And it feels, I don't know, it feels normal, but it also feels very surreal, right? Yeah, it feels surreal. It's crazy to see pictures of the city and we've been gone for a month and yeah, it doesn't feel real. And I feel really scared about returning, but I know that we'll we'll get back and hopefully I don't know maybe it'll be a good adjustment for us we'll see well one of the first things that was canceled due to the COVID-19 was South by Southwest and that was a festival is a festival in Austin where we met oh yeah I forgot about that no I'm just kidding (laughs) I knew we met there (laughs) and I had known your music because of your friend Miles had sent it to Chris Peck who was Chris was a guest on the podcast so I knew your music and I liked it. Oh, boy. And I thought it was tight. And I met y'all. And I have this memory of you coming backstage with all the weird antisocial, strange, nerdcore luminaries who are also really cool people. And you came back and you're with Uncle Max and you're shaking everyone's hand. Hi, I'm Ash. Hi, I'm Ash. You're so friendly and gregarious. And I thought that that was cool that you were like fearlessly in- introducing yourself to everyone in the scene that I'm sure you probably didn't really... Well, tell me about that. What are your memories of that night? Um, I remember having energy. <laughs> I haven't had energy in so long. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of energy. We got there. It was really exciting because it was like our first time doing the festival and we were just excited to be there. And Claire and I were sleeping on a floor um, at a friend's house. So <laughs> it was just like road dog style. Um and we just wanted to like make the most of the opportunity. We wanted our I think our goal was to like somehow turn South by into an opportunity to get paid shows or to get more shows paid shows. 
So Claire was really good about getting on top of that and networking with people, but I was definitely trying to network with people and like meet people and see who could get us to fly out to wherever to get paid to do a show. So, and I think also we had just come off of doing a bunch of shows, so we felt really like comfortable with our set and just it felt really easy to go play a bunch of shows in one weekend. We were only there for two or three. I was only there for two and a half days. And you'd done the international stuff with Weedis before that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Brendan, who's been on the podcast, mentioned y'all, how great you were on tour and how he wanted to bring you out again. And so you had this reputation. It was really dope how bringing like different energy to the showcase was really cool. And I remember thinking you were really friendly and cool. And, but also like, you know, whatever, whatever. I just thought you were really beautiful too. And uh, anyway, I thought that after the concert, I remember this is so weird. That's nice of you. Well, I'm just being honest. After the concert, you were like, good job after my show. And I said, friendship, rap friends. And I high-fived you all weird. Yeah, you didn't give me a hug. I know, I didn't. But now I do get hugs whenever I want. (laughs) And I remember seeing, I never told you this, but. This is so weird, Ashley. We were sitting upstairs and like Samus was on or someone was on at the Flamingo Cantina and you were sitting against the wall on your phone and I saw you and I wanted to go talk to you, but I knew you were like doing internet stuff and probably like reading all the tweets about how great your show was that everyone's going <laughs> to see. And, and the light was on your face and you're sitting in the corner and I never, I never told you a story and I was and this thing in my head instantly thought, I was like, that person is perfect beautiful person who's gonna be an amazing mom someday i had this realization in my head seeing you there and i was like you pictured me with no energy and all like (laughs) sleepy no i just was like that woman would be a really great mom look at her she's so she's in a band called handjob academy she's gonna be a great role model someday but i never looked at someone and had that expression in my that thought in my brain and so whatever I was like, oh, maybe I'll see them again during the during the uh, trip. Oh, we, yeah. We ended up hanging out the next day randomly, didn't we? Yeah, at a concert, yeah. Because it's kind of a long story, but yeah. You posted a haiku after Claire had to go get stitches because she cut her hand. Yeah, it was interesting because I followed you online or something, and I thought your Instagram was so clever. So I was trying to copy your um, format a little bit by making a haiku from the emergency room where I was visiting Claire because she cut her hand. And then Claire ended up having to stay longer or something, and I was with another friend. So you messaged us being like, oh, you should come, or we messaged, you asked us where we were going, and then we just hung out a little bit longer at a concert, right? You tagged me in the Instagram post. This is maybe like kind of like the minutia of it. I saw it. I was on the train back to Tim's house where I was staying, and then I messaged you. I was like, oh, what are y'all doing? And I'm like, is Claire okay? And then you're like, yeah, we're doing this. And then we met somewhere and then went to see Riff Raff. Oh, yeah. And then you left. Then you had a flight because you had like parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. And we ended up being pen pals. And we talked a lot in line. Yeah. We talked in line, right, when we were waiting for... And you showed... Lots of lines at South By. Even for artists. And we had this alone time, I know, even for VIP artists, we had this alone time to talk because your friend who was with us didn't have a pass and we were going to do this elaborate thing of sneaking her in. <laughs> so we, you and I were just waiting in line. And you showed me this poem about titration and how things change, but it changes okay. Yeah, and I, I like w- poetry. Yeah, and I was like, this person's a brilliant poet. And you recommended... Kim Gordon's book because I'd just seen the Nirvana documentary and there was like the um, there was like an interview with the director so I was telling you about that and you were like oh is Sonic Youth in that movie and then oh yeah my fave band then I was um, then I you told me about the Kim Gordon book so I bought it like the next day because I wanted to be able to talk to you about it I don't know I was just smitten quick and I thought that I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to be too extra or like it was interesting. It was like I'd never felt that feeling meeting anyone. And also I'd never... Well, you texted me saying that I was the most special person that you'd ever met in your life. No, I said you were a magic person. Oh, magical person. I, I was didn't like, say... 
I was like, this person's very hyperbolic. Like, I don't. I say you're a magical person. Have a good trip going back. Like, maybe that is a weird thing. No, you said like you said some kind of superlative, like most magical. And I was like, oh, like he must say that to everybody. That's (laughs) that's cool. (laughs) That's funny. I thought that was funny. You saw that. And then, yeah. And then you emailed me. I remember you emailed me. I was like, oh, wow. And then we were pen pals. But then one thing led to another. And here we are. And here we are married. Married. Can you believe it? We have two years. Three years. No, three years we got engaged. Three years ago we got engaged. Um, The night before we got married, I wasn't nervous at all. You know how people are like, oh, you don't sleep the night before your wedding because you're so nervous. I wasn't nervous at all. I was like, oh, I know I'm making the right choice. I slept nine hours. Yeah, we. I remember we. You had were up playing Nintendo all night with your boys. <laughs> Mario so Kart. I know you didn't sleep much, but no, that's true, Ash. I, I slept great. They didn't. They talk about cold feet. I didn't have cold feet. I was ready, and I was so happy. And the, just the most, I guess, the most stressful thing about a wedding is planning who's going to sit with who, because <laughs> every family member has input on that, and it's like, it's yeah. like weighing everyone's in, like opinions. That, what advice would you have for a, a happy couple that? that thinks they want to get married, what would you, like, what advice do you have? Just to remove your ego. I think I fought for things that, like, in hindsight, you know, like, I really wanted Richard to DJ the Roger Rabbit soundtrack during <laughs> cocktail hour and then, like, fighting to have Tim put the surprise Roger Rabbit Jessica thing on the Was cake. Was that a surprise or did you know about that? I know about it. <laughs> I was like wanted to be like, Ash, I have this surprise. It's like stuff like that, like things you don't need to fight about. But like, I mean, to hold on to, let remove your ego. I thought it was really cool that we were able to get my um, priest from growing up, Father Carl came out and did the service. We He flew out to do that. But um, in terms of advice, just, yeah, just to like strap in, you're in for the ride and like listen to your partner. And, you know, it's don't, if you love someone, it's the sacrifice of making sure they feel happy. But I don't know. What would your advice be? I like that advice. Just not be precious about it because it's a special time, but you don't have to. It doesn't like the things that you think matter. They don't really matter. You're going to have fun no matter what. And you're going to look great. Pictures are going to come out fine. You know, people are going to be happy for you and. No matter where they're sitting, anyone can get through a two-hour dinner. You yeah. Know? And um, what w- what was the other thing that goes quick? And the people who you're like, oh, my cousin, blah blah blah, from blah blah. I've never seen them. You're lucky to get thirty seconds with them. Yeah. It felt like it's like doing a show where a hometown show. Like my friend Mike, who's a professor in North Carolina, my college friend was. I talked to him for like a minute outside and he's like, you know, there's tons of people here you, you love and you're going to look back at this and say, um, you wish you had more time with them, but people aren't offended. So that's mm-hmm. a good advice. Like, yeah. don't worry about it, you know? Yeah, and make sure you eat and have dessert and all that stuff. I was lucky that I made those, I made those things a priority for myself. I know I did. Eating, yeah, we had good food. I had good food. I had pie. I had cotton candy. I was going all out. That's what's up. You will. You're allowed to. And I remember also, I was thinking we were going to make this long like speech, like thanking everyone, <laughs> but we just kind of thanked them and said thanks for coming and let the guests do this to- toast. Yeah. Like we made a speech at the rehearsal dinner, I guess, about this metaphor we talk about. Um, sometimes we text each other whale emojis, right? Yeah. This way of communicating over distance, and that was always the first time you came to visit me. I remember we saw these whales off the coast in San Francisco. Oh yeah. And that's been like a metaphor. I don't know. Whale calls. Yeah, whale calls. Like you can communicate really. For miles. For miles. And I've had to travel for touring and you've always been really supportive of that, but it makes our time home like super special and, you know, uh, I just love you a lot, Ashley. Mm. I want to say it. I love you too. That's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of cool doing a podcast because, yeah, we're able to talk about all sorts of different stuff. So, Let's talk. I talked to Max and Claire about HJA, and I'm going to play their episodes after this, like in succession. I'm trying to figure out who's second and third. I don't know. I'm I gonna, love those guys. I'm going to listen to them in order. Let's talk a little bit about the, the origin of your infamous <laughs> group and like what that whole experience was like and what you learned from it. 
Uh, well, I think it started out as um, Claire and I just having a really like uh, natural, creative um, connection, like as people. And I don't really even know if like our creative collaboration came before our friendship or our friendship came before that, but it was kind of simultaneous in that she was fearless about sharing her amazing ideas, poetry, freestyles, like whatever. And it made me feel kind of fearless in the same way and that her hyping me up was like a big part of that. So she would hype me up and be like, oh, that's so funny. Or like, haha, you, you know, you know all this stuff about rap because I'm a fan of rap. So I think that having like, you know, this big sister kind of like person in my life who was hyping me up and telling me I was good or telling me that I could do it like was so was like the start of it. Yeah. So we were in her bedroom with another friend of ours at the time who made beats and also rapped. So we were originally a different lineup and we put music together and we were just like we were not precious about it we just put out an album like right away pretty much and that album will never be found <laughs> anywhere but it's you I've know it's an experience it. <laughs> an experience um that we did and it just taught us how to make an album on our own and like how to play get shows on our own we did get a lot of shows in the in new york um, and then we had a lineup change, obviously. Max was like a friend of ours who had made videos and, you know, he's always done content and been hilarious and just like this creative force who was much younger than us or feels like he was much younger than us, but just so organized and creative and follow he was really good about following through with projects and just all those things were there. So one day, you know, he was in our, a music video of ours and the next day he was writing raps. So we were like, oh, like you should get on a song, you know, and it, it made sense the way he kind of just filled the void in our band right away. So my in my estimation and like understanding of the group, Max was super helpful because he helped with the visual video component. Claire helped a lot with like the energy of getting it going and the styling of the videos yeah. in a way. And you... And also Claire's um, ability to connect with people. The marketing and stuff. Yeah, and like connect with people in a way that made all of our shows like possible ultimately. Like tours, shows, South By, everything. She was like always tweeting people or talking to people on the subway or whatever because I think that's how Brendan, the Brendan connection happened. And she was the first one to reach out to me when I posted about your Kickstarter or something. And um, she's very, she's Clara Business is appropriate, yeah, right? I know, Her rap I know. name. <laughs> and then, okay, so uh, IKEA Monkey was the album, but you'd done some stuff before that. Like Shark Week came out before that? Um, I think it, yeah, I think it did. It came out on the first record, but we redid it, we reworked it. And, put it on a new album. That was the only song we reworked on the new album. Um, what was the process of that song kind of going viral? How did it happen? Um, well, we always wanted to make a video. So we did the Kickstarter and I think that got some investment from people. We definitely reached out to as many people as we could to get donations for it. Um, and then we put the video together. We put the video out. And magazines and blogs like started emailing us and just picking it up. So that was pretty much it. It wasn't like one person, a celebrity or anything like that. It was just like blogs that reposted it. So it was kind of a natural viral thing. Yeah, it felt like that. Yeah. And then you did a song about Lena Dunham, which ended up on Taylor Swift's Instagram. Yeah. That was kind of cool, right? Yeah, that was kind of cool. That was definitely, like, weird to see. <laughs> like, the song was posted with Lena dancing to it, but yeah. obviously we weren't credited in the, the caption because Taylor Swift probably didn't want our band name attached to her Instagram at the time. Right. But, um, but yes, people found out it was our band, and it did come up on Thanksgiving Day on Good Morning America. 
<laughs> and they? they said they said we can't say the band name, oh, but no. we can say that Taylor Swift did uh, take a video of Lena Dunham dancing in her apartment to a song called Lena Dunham by a band name we cannot say on the air. So that made it kind of um, secret. So people were googling. Oh Lena yeah, Dunham we're like rap. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden band Marilyn Manson of Taylor Swift's Instagram and you all did some tours and South by Southwest and um, you had this really cool YouTube series what was it called do what you want always do what we want always oh yeah yeah we had a YouTube series that was like a web series that we got a little bit of funding to um, put together yeah so that was cool I mean I like doing it um it was a, you know, it was like a little mini TV series thing. But yeah, I love that it's still up and it, some of it is funny and some of it is maybe not the best memories, but. Am I am I in one of them? Is it the Full House parody? Oh, thing? yeah. You are in one of them. Yeah. You got, you got dragged into that. Towards the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ever wish that y'all were still grinding as hard and touring as much and doing HA more full time or, or is it kind of. You feel like it ran its course. Who knows? Maybe we'll do something in the future. I'm not. I never close the door because I love it. I love performing. I love uh, making music. It's just a, fa a, a function of my energy right now. So my energy is like going towards like growing a human life, and it's like drained me. I'm surviving. So let's talk about that. You brought it up. I was going to transition into it, and I'm glad. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, we're having a baby in a few weeks. Yeah. How you feel well, today? Who knows when? Could yeah. be any day. Could be. To, could be right after this. Could be any any time. Yeah, I feel good. I feel nervous, but excited. You know, normal stuff. I'm trying to stay humble about it. Yeah, and not have any expectations. Yeah. Because you just don't know what to expect. <laughs> and then when you're a parent, you get even. You got to even be more flexible about your expectations. Right. Talk about flexibility. Because he could be wild. Well, he's related to us. I know. He's, <laughs> he's going to be wild. You, you what if he was like so normal? What <laughs> if he was so not weird? Like what if he comes out and he's just like, what's the character from The Simpsons that's like straight laced? Mar Martin. Martin. What if he's Martin? Well, I'm sure he's going to be like Martin. Oh, my God. Um, I think that uh, he's been active, and sometimes you give me the honor of putting my hand on your stomach when he's dancing and moving. And last night he was sideways, like, you're, and he was uncomfortable. You're, I, I, I can't, I try to empathize and listen and be there for you and bring you water and stuff, but I never, I don't know what it's like having a human inside of me weighing more and, You've been, yeah, I know it's not been easy. Well, I'm just looking forward to regaining my body and my brain yeah. soon. <laughs> right. That's something to look forward to. And it's been crazy because we had, we were going to give birth in New York and we decided not to because it's, it seems more dangerous. Yeah, we had a lot of like, um, oppor like luck and opportunity to be able to come out of state and retain our, ins our benefits and like we some people don't have the opportunity to leave where they are or to change a birth plan at the last minute and yeah. we just so happen to be at the right time frame and at the right benefit we had the right benefits so we're just lucky yeah and that we had options that we had we could come stay out here with your mom and stepdad yeah um okay so i wanted to use this podcast to transition into this like as a time capsule for our son to listen to one day hi buddy hi buddy and hopefully like when he's old enough he'll find this or i don't know we won't foist it on him maybe we will hey do you but just some messages for him and i think we should spend the rest of the podcast like talking as like a future us us now talking to him as a future grown up. And we're not going to say his name because we, we're not sharing that yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so this is our message to our unborn son. <laughs> so funny. So what you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. Okay. Well, baby Nielsen, who's now an adult or whatever, however old you are, we hope that 
as this world has become like you were born during a time of craziness the pandemic global pandemic <laughs> and as when i told I, when i told weird al that we were having a kid he's like i'm sorry it had to happen while the world's on fire <laughs> but he's like get all the sleep you can now right like you were born during this crazy pandemic and um we hope that you're healthy and happy that the world has recovered from whatever economic stress and tumult has happened and that you recognize how you're such a blessing to us that we were able to be healthy and have you and you know we wanted a kid and it, it wasn't an easy road but we're really grateful that you're you're alive and we hope you're happy and healthy and we love you <laughs> yeah we love you i'm gonna go with the survivor metaphor right now actually okay. you know it's not actually a metaphor it's just directly <laughs> this is going to be directly survivor status survivor is a tv show i don't know if you've heard of a tv but a tv is something that you watch on an ipad an ipad is something that is like a mobile device that you hold in your hand and you <laughs> has a screen and it has like some touch screen and stuff like that yeah anyway there's this thing called streaming services and you can go back and watch every season of survivor within two months period of time 40 seasons um 12 episodes each season at least 45 minutes two long months? it takes two months to watch them all i mean if you're me and you're in quarantine <laughs> so anyway this show survivor is a social experiment with castaways that are left on an island to survive and outwit outlast outplay and this is like a this is something i want to kind of put into your your consciousness about life because life is all about outwitting outlasting and outplaying right you got to survive life so anyhow outwit you got to have a social game you got to have some kind of experience in order to figure out what's next or uh, learn things about yourself make mistakes maybe get voted out but you never know you might go to redemption island and have the opportunity to come back in the game and if you have that opportunity you got to seize it when it's there so that's outwit. Um, outlast is like, you're going to have hard times, okay? Sometimes the rice rations are going to be low. Sometimes you're going to win a reward and you're going to feel really full to the point where you have to throw up or, you know, like <laughs> you get diarrhea. So these these extremes happen in life. You have to find some kind of balance. That's out outlast, right? Um, Was that outplay? Outplay. Yeah, that's yeah. the last one, outplay. So I hope that... This is going to be more about uh, being playful and approaching life in a way that's fun because it's kind of like a game. So, yeah, don't take it too seriously. Don't stay hurt by people. Mm. Try to let people forgive people because they don't, you know, not everybody has the same experience in life as you do. You got to understand that, you know, not everybody approaches life the same way. This is the game that we're part of. So... Outplay is just have fun, let it roll off your back, forgive people. And, you know, if you play hard enough, you might win a million bucks. <laughs> That's what's up. That's very good, Ashley. I didn't, I didn't even know you were going to make those comparisons. Were you thinking I, about that? Or you no. just impro improvised. That was, that was freestyle. Off the top of the dome. No, you know what I was thinking of was that I hope he survives this pandemic. And then I thought about Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is scary, and that is the thing about why why it feels safer. To, we have a new doctor we like, and the hospitals seem safe, and it's going to be interesting giving birth with masks on, and you know. yeah. But hey, you made it. If you're listening, you made it. That's what's up. We made the right choice. Um, I also wanted him to know that he might not end up being he, and that's awesome. He might they might end up marrying someone of the same gender. That's tight. That's fine. Whatever you end up doing, whatever makes you happy, it's all good. Yeah, sex is different than gender. When people ask me the gender of the baby, I usually say the sex of the baby is. Right. Well, whatever. Yeah, we don't know their gender yet, but we know the sex of him, of it. So that, just so you, just, just so, not that it's any, not that you would wonder, but just so you know, we love you. We and don't Andrew care. always tells me that he, <laughs> Like too many times he said this to me. He's like, 
I will love you even if you were trans. And I'm like, but I'm not trans. Like, so I'm not <laughs> sure why you keep telling me that. Well, I stopped telling you that. I did appreciate all the times you have said that to me. Well, I just because I love you for the person you are. And I, and I just. <laughs> you had a soul connection. I guess it's a weird hypothetical that doesn't really apply. Well, it's part of life now. Like you think about um, people that are especially like not our generation, maybe our generation, but like the generation right before us. Yeah. They didn't feel like they didn't live in a world where it was even safe to come out as being trans. So these people are married, they have children and have to like come out as trans really late in life. So it's it's a real thing that people have to do. And it's I can't imagine like I can't imagine having to come out as trans when you're young, like four years old, five years old, it's not easy for them. No. But like being fifty years old, it's like you really I mean, it's really hard. Some people were couldn't couldn't come out as trans till now. Yeah, but there's a lot of trans people that are like um, being, I think, more represented at a young age now. Like as an elementary school teacher, I see a lot more of it. We also want you to know that whatever you end up doing, as long as you're happy and surviving, it's all I'm good. I'm sure that we say something offensive right now that's going to be offensive in 20 years or whatever. They're going to be like, <laughs> why did you say that? Right, the, him, li them listening now, they're going to be embarrassed by Survivor's this. Survivor is going to be like a derogatory term in twenty years. <laughs> the show, like, it's going to go back and be like, this show was appropriating culture very heavily. Yeah, Tr it will, I mean, it does. Indigenous culture. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a lot of chanting and, and put, put and on the the war yeah, paint, like fake idols and stuff. Like, it's just very appropriation of culture. So. Um, we didn't mean to offend you with our <laughs> survivor <laughs> metaphor. Maybe just tell them we did the best we could with the tools we had. Yeah. If we messed up somehow, we apologize in advance, but we didn't mean to mess up. <laughs> we did our best. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> we did our best. Our parents did their best. Their parents did their best. It's like people do their best to raise kids. You just have to accept it. If we did something embarrassing, like, a, uh, like an embarrassing podcast or said <sighs> something wrong... We apologize. We're from a different generation. <laughs> We're millennials. We remember before the internet. And um, so life before the internet was very different. And in the field that um, I'm in, creating music, and Ashley too, before the internet, there would have been no way to independently create this content and find an audience. Or it was possible, but it was harder. It took longer. And um, yeah, I remember being in a band in high school in like a punk band, and we would we would hand we would get printed tickets for our concerts, and we'd have to sell them by hand in the cafeteria. And I'm sure that's like not allowed anymore selling stuff in person at school, but we'd have to go through the cafeteria and go to each table and say, "Hey, come to our concert on Friday. It's ten bucks. Can you give me ten dollars for this ticket?" And wow sell our tickets that way and if you sold a certain amount of tickets you could keep a certain amount of the profits and earn money like being in a high school band it was really fun like being able to go play those diy shows because it was literally diy yeah and you were marketing it lit without myspace even right or i guess you had myspace then we did but it wasn't like a place to make announcements it was like a place to post your music it wasn't right. like come to our show friday like and people would see it like you'd have to tell people right the hand-to-hand -hand. that was the one thing that was going on on friday was like a show with three bands that you know from school what was your band called in high school remember when i think i heard some of it you were the singer right yeah i played guitar yeah and Haley played drums yeah and aaron played bass and aaron just had a baby that's what's up um and i just talked to Haley today so Haley. it's cool to have friends from high school yeah they cool friends, with. yeah. And Haley was at our wedding. Yeah, Haley's been important to you. She's kind of like the best looking person at our wedding, but... Well, next to you. No, she <laughs> was like... She looked amazing. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, punk rock is something that you might discover. And punk rock <laughs> is very important to both your mom and me. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, it, about what it means to me, and maybe you can too. I think that's cool. So... Punk rock is this kind of fast, energetic uh, music that came in New York in the 70s. And what I love about punk rock, it's this connection to raw, honest expression and making solutions 
and being different and not being afraid of um, being bad and messing up. And like Ash, like your mom was saying about building hand to hand connections and friendships and expressions of things that you may not hear in the mainstream media. And maybe in the future, it might even be hard to like conceptualize what truth is, but um, because you were born during a presidency of someone who helped to dismantle that. But <laughs> we wanted you to know that, you know, it's if punk rock is really important and it's, I love it because it's about being yourself and doing things differently on your own terms. And it doesn't have to be guitar and drums and bass. It can be anything. And like I found in my life, hip hop music can have punk elements and that's super cool and super special. So that's what I wanted you to know about why I love punk rock. Ashley, do you want to say anything about it? Yeah, I think it's changed a lot because when we were teenagers, punk rock was defined by like a shitty guitar, drums and bass and, um, power chords that were really accessible to anyone who could pick up a guitar and play them. Um, there wasn't like this intricacy of metal necessarily or, you know, 80s music that had really, really talented art, like guitarists and musicians doing these things that, that seemed impossible to the listener. And when punk came out, it was like, oh, you know, Nirvana's playing these three chords. Oh, I can easily learn these three chords and recreate this or do it myself and make my own three chord progression and write a song. So that was like what defined our teenage years. But now that things like drum machines and, you know, software is like on computers that we like anything can be punk rock, you know, rap is punk rock, hip hop is punk rock. Um, just being able to produce a video on TikTok is punk rock. Yeah. Like you can do anything now. Whereas in the past, I think pop music was like way less accessible because we didn't have the equipment or we didn't have the studio or we didn't have the best voice. And now like those things are becoming more accessible. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and the ability to distribute and connect with people is more accessible. Yeah, you don't need a label. No. And in fact, the label can like really be bad for some people's careers. Who knows in the future, but. You don't need anyone to distribute your content except yourself. Yeah. And that's something we want you to know that like, it's really special to be able to create more and consume less. And in the future, probably there's going to be all these people who monetize people's inactivity and their consumption, their laziness, and their wanting to use heuristics to like make quick decisions and just know there was a time before that was like the norm and that whatever you have to say say it don't be scared and don't be scared if no one wants to listen because if you say it loud enough and long enough people are going to hear you and your voice is strong and beautiful and we love you and we're so grateful that you are came into our lives i didn't expect to get emotional to be part of this journey with us and we're so blessed that music brought your your mom and me together and we believe in you and you're such a blessing and you're you're just this most special little guy little person ever and you're gonna grow up to be a big person yeah you're gonna be a big person and you're gonna be stronger than us and wherever you end up as long as you're safe and happy it's all good yeah and you don't have to be happy all the time either you might <laughs> have moments where you don't feel happy and that's okay too and no matter what we'll always love you and we'll be there we'll be there within within our boundaries of our happiness <laughs> and safety yeah we'll try to make i was a, i was a troubled a troubled teen so <laughs> my parents need to have boundaries with with my behavior and we will do the same we're pro yeah, we're going to have to have boundaries and we're going to try Andrew was a less troubled teen than I was, just despite the music that he did put out. <laughs> Ash and I, we were different. A little different in high school. But I was wild too, you know. Sometimes I wouldn't study for an oh, wow. AP bio test. No, not, actually, that's not true. <laughs> um, I want to tell him an important quote. And you've heard me talk about this movie a lot and I'm going to keep it brief, I promise. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit... He makes, there's a scene where he makes everyone in this bar laugh. He's supposed to be in quarantine hiding. And Eddie gets, Eddie is, gets mad to him and says, why are you doing that? You're supposed to be hiding. And he goes, those people need to laugh. Sometimes a laugh 
is the only weapon we have. And I just want to remind you that things are going to make sense. Life will seem unfair. People might be cruel, but humor and finding like, like appreciating the absurdity is important. Laughter is important. And that might seem cliche and like, okay, dad, that's stupid. <laughs> but that's like a very important message. I want you to remember. Ash, your mom is one of the funniest people I've ever met. And she's going to make you laugh. And she's going to also be like strict at times. But um, find someone whenever, if you ever end up wanting to spend your life with someone, you might not want to do that. But find someone who appreciates humor and and makes you laugh. And, and, and yeah, that's important. Don't be afraid of laughter. Don't be afraid of being too too silly except when you're doing your taxes <laughs> don't like write all those silly ducks on the form or whatever like weird pancakes and stuff you got to be serious what are those what are taxes what are those in the future we'll live in a socialist democratic <laughs> world where there's no such thing as taxes and your health care is free oh my gosh can't wait that's what's up um okay i've talked a lot ash but what is there any other message you want to um, share to our ch unborn child and then we'll sign off wear sunscreen <laughs> no <laughs> um yeah i don't know i i agree laughter is important and that yeah neither of your parents were like ever really afraid to publicly make a fool of themselves like last year on my birthday, I crowd surfed to like a ridiculous song at a party where I knew one person. So, you know, it's like. <laughs> well, what's the song? That's funny to share. Oh, uh, Smash Mouth All Star. It's a ridiculous song that uh, peaked on the number one Billboard charts when I was twelve years old. That's so, a, and I am now thirty-two. So <laughs> that's a band from the previous millennium. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're not afraid. I guess that's, maybe it'll be genetic. Like you just won't be afraid to get on stage and be silly and make a fool of yourself. Because yeah. everybody kind of likes fools. You can be judgmental of a fool, but like deep down, you're like not threatened by a fool. Don't be afraid of asking questions because people might make fun of you at, for it, but questions are, are awesome. And yeah, ask questions and be, it's okay to be silly and foolish all day long. <laughs> Yeah, we hope you can be fearless and have faith and and whatever. If you find your higher power and believe in God, cool. If not, cool. I believe in God and I think that they are looking out for you. But that's your own journey. We're not gonna whatever. That's your everyone has a different take on that. But and I guess the last thing I want to say is when we're gone, we're still with you. We'll always be with you. One day you'll be. One day you'll say goodbye to us and we'll, we'll, you know. Hopefully. Hopefully, God, that's true. We'll out, you outlive us and that's what we hope. And we, yeah, we'll always be part of you though. Fulfilling our biological destiny. Holler. Darwin. This is a good interview, Ash. It's very good. I feel very calm. It's a message in a bottle. Sorry for my low energy. I feel low energy right now. Well, you're nine months pregnant. Yeah. That's fine. What are some ways I can be more helpful, like, leading up to the pregnancy and after? You mean the labor? Oh, no, you're doing everything right. All right, thanks. Your dad's a very helpful person. He gets me water. He helps me get out of bed. Helps me get into bed. You know, when you can't use your ab muscles, <laughs> you need a lot of help doing stuff. One of the most important things is making sure you have your iPad and iPhone <laughs> charged <laughs> and that I have the battery packed by and the And that bed. everything is updated because I don't... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, I'm you're, not so good at that. Your mom don't be updating her apps <laughs> or her iOS <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I love, I love fixing your mom's computer problems. Uh -huh. It's so fun because she helps me fix a lot of my spiritual, <laughs> no, 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 psychological. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's a collaboration. Our marriage? Yeah. I don't know. I want to say so much to him, but I'm also like, well, we'll have time to talk to him in real life. Yeah. This is like retcon prequel stuff, right? It's He's like, going to listen to this and be like, wow, you guys really did the opposite of all the stuff you said because <laughs> you told me that blah, blah, blah. Like, right. <laughs> you told me it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> you told me never try drugs. You're going to make choices in life. You're going to make mistakes. 
just be safe and be free and that's what's up and don't be a racist anyone or <laughs> don't be biased against people's religion or don't be sexist please if i see you disrespecting women or other people i'm not going to play that you have to always everyone is like don't be racist and the whole thing about when you Andrew, go that's all but that's all about leading by example people aren't born racist people don't aren't drawn into that unless they're born into okay. a context that that it already exists well, and benefits them that's socially true. that's true or economically that's true you're or right. physically you're right you're right you're right okay good i don't know that's my opinion i think you're right and i think biases exist in our brains without us being conscious of them i mean i know that to be true and it's about growth and looking in the mirror and not you can't just say don't be racist or don't be sexist. It's, it doesn't work that way. You have to be willing to like look deep within and look in the mirror and examine your choices in life and make mistakes and it's okay. And we try to we'll try to be good examples of of not being prejudiced parents the best we can, right? I mean, we, like our parents, they do the best they can yeah. with the tools they have. And I'm going to talk, and I want to talk to you about consent and all that stuff, but that's a whole nother thing. You'll have that conversation with us, but as a man, as a dude, if that's what you end up being or any, any gender, it's very important to have those conversations and to be responsible and respectful of those boundaries and make good choices and respect people's bodies. That's so important. That's like, you need to remember that. And that's something that like. Is, is just something that we'll talk more <laughs> about that later, but that's important, you know? I wanted to say that on there. It's just a lot of, okay, well, it's gotten kind of serious. <laughs> um, um, Ash, where can people follow your social media? Because you're very funny and creative online. You can follow me on Twitter at Ash underscore tell underscore EM. And Instagram, same thing. I'm looking forward to your debut EP or mixtape or whatever oh, yeah. it is. Your solo. I did start writing that last summer. Yeah, you got some good stuff. And you're doing stand-up comedy stuff. Oh, yeah, a little bit. You're a funny person. You know, I'm a little more precious about that than I need to be. But mm. take my own advice. How can I be helpful with all that stuff or do I just get out of the way and... I don't know. It's like an internal thing. It's yeah. like you have to just not be precious about it. It's like, okay, if you don't do a good job, it's fine. You learn. Yeah. But we're fans of comedy and we're fans of art, so. We are. Yeah. You're a very, very good writer and rapper and musician. Um, Thanks. I wanted to say something else, then we'll be done. I keep doing that. Your mom has taught me that less is more in terms of like, I tend to love to, you'll see, you'll inherit it or not. My nine boxes of Roger Rabbit merch, my mad magazines, like all this junk that I love to collect. Your mom has been really good about being minimalist. And I think that's a beautiful like life philosophy that I'm trying to connect to more. And with her aesthetic and everything, like she's, uh, she's got good taste. So anything she tells you, if you ask her, Hey mom, should I wear this? Or Hey mom, what do you think of me buying all these like things? She's going to give you good advice on that. <laughs> well, you'll find out, you'll find out whether or not those things add value to your life or make you happy. Or if you just need to keep purchasing and consuming and they never lead to anything. You'll see, you'll figure that out for yourself. That's wise. Everybody has their moments. I know. Um, speaking of moments, let's go back to a viral moment. I want to end with Shark Week. Is that <laughs> I? Yeah. All right. This is, can we say who produced the, produced the track or is that a secret? You can say. So Mike Doty from Soul Coffee, who's mm -hmm. uh, Claire's ex, did this beat, which is like really cool. And did Richard mix it or? I don't think, I don't know. I don't know where, I think maybe he recorded it. Yeah. He, he did recorded the vocals. the vocals. I'm not sure. This is on Ikea Monkey. Yeah. This is on Spotify and everything. And I don't, and I just want to just do a quick di um, disclaimer about curse words. Oh, yeah. I don't really believe in curse words. I don't believe them to be like particularly offensive or like have carry a lot of weight or meaning in the word themselves. This per period of my life, I was using curse words and raps, but now I find them to be kind of lazy. So that's that. You know, a curse word is different from a slur. 
And, you know, a curse word I don't find to be particularly offensive or directive at anyone. Do you believe that curses are real, like from a witch? can be a real thing? I'm not going to say. Okay. Because I don't need a hex. <laughs> so, um, a curse, yeah, okay, so don't, you can rap like. So there are curses from me in this song. That's it. Your verse is so, it is what it so is. funny in this. And, and um, you do. You a, won't get the references at all. <laughs> like the Twin Peaks one? Is it, you say I've gone <laughs> Laura like Laura Croft. Croft. Oh, yeah. Laura Croft and Laura Palmer, too. Yeah. It's like you just, whatever. 90s. You just enjoy. Just enjoy your life. Your mom's a badass rapper and her flow is tight on this and her bridge about science is hilarious. And oh um, yeah, so this is your wild as heck mother and her, her friend Aunt Claire and Uncle Max <laughs> 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 talking about the menstrual cycle, which is something that allowed you to get um, nutri nutrition and stuff when you were in your mom. Like this song is crazy because it's connected to your origin of your mom's uterus. Everyone's origin. Hello, duh. Everyone's origin, but that's what's up. Um, all right. Shark Week. Handjob Academy. Bye. I love you, Ash. Bye. It's a rare steak when I masturbate. Bleeding since 11, bitch. I ain't new to this. Feels like a werewolf is living in my uterus. My body never feels quite as uncute as this. I want to cover up my shit like Hasidic Jewish shit. Wake up to a leather side of the bed. I'm looking like a goner. I'm dead like Laura Palmer. I'm kind of worried about toxic shock. I've had a tampon in my box since like 4 o'clock. Oh. Hard boil my egg and pump me like a keg. My pad is soft. And like Laura Croft, he's about to raid my tomb. Motherfucker. I got a bloody wound, motherfucker. motherfucker. Me as Wednesday. What's a, a pad? Uh, shut your pile, Ashley. You gotta shut it. I need OBs. I run to the Dwayne Reed. I cop the mud, all the chocolate, and the Kraft mac and cheese. Maybe I call the weed man and I smoke some trees. Lay in the cut and I... Bleed, bitch, bleed. Bacon cherry pie in the cotex. Blood dripping down your neck. After sex, I'm not silky stack house. Send your invitation. Oh, Sipping Bloody Mary, shit is scary. Gnarly like a blonde with your homegirl Carrie. Torn in half, like Dolly Stilo. You know the vino spilling from my hole could fill a carafe. I wouldn't laugh if I were you. Don't fuck with Claire. About to rain in blood, bitch. Slayer. Time of the month for your grandma draws. Make the water turn red like Dota Jaws. Spaghetti got marinara on my tongue And if you got a heavy flow I do you in the shower I keep my bed spray clean Smelling like flowers Driving bloody round the block Getting tampons for the stock Leaving red stick pads When your motherfucking mailbox Drip your tampons strings out Cause it's shark weed John Wayne Red River Flowing like a cricket It's about to get real fishy Swimming in your meat I got a ten foot Zelda If she look at real beef What is nasty ass trick Trying to get with me I ain't stab you bitch You just in heat It's not shark month, it's shark week.
is Shark Week. Handjob Academy. That's from Ikea Monkey. Probably one of the greatest indie hip-hop albums ever made. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, next week, I'm talking to Clara Business, and then I talk to Maximus Scaff. So check those out. All different perspectives on the band. Thank you all for tuning in. Happy May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, 12 years ago today, I did my, no, eight years ago today, I did my TED Talk on hip hop and Shakespeare. So kind of crazy that eight years later, here we are. Anyway, I'm going to go change some diapers and um, yeah, learn how to get a baby to stop crying. I love you all. Thank you for being with me on this journey. And Ash, thank you. I love you so much. And uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Okay, bye.